Welcome back to the Armor Up 613 podcast, where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground. My name is Mark Rice, and I am joined by Jonathan Denton. Here I am. And Aaron Wojcik. What's up? What's going on, guys? Too much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Aaron, how are you? Did you say too much or not too much? I don't know what I said. <laughs> doing great. He's doing great. All right. Well, guys, welcome back. This is episode one of the Armor Up 613 podcast. Of course, that is based off of Ephesians 613. We're talking about putting on the full armor of God. So, men, you know it's time to armor up. We're going to talk about this episode. We are starting, we're starting our series going over the armor of God. So what we're going to talk about today, men, is we're going to introduce the armor of God, break it down a little bit, and then what we're going to do is dive in our next episode. We're actually going to talk about one specific piece of armor at a time, and uh, we'll start with the belt of truth. That'll be in our next episode. But for this one, it's pretty interesting um, because Paul is writing to the church in Ephesians, right? which starts at chapter 6 of Ephesians, verses 10 through 18. And uh, if you didn't know, Jonathan Denton has probably one of the best Bible reading voices. It kind of seems sounds like James Earl Jones. Now that is a compliment. You know, I will take it. You'll take that, you know? So I'm not a good reader. I, I went to public school. <laughs> That's all right. So Jonathan's going to take us, uh, he's going to read for us Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18. And uh, go ahead, Jonathan, give him that... Give us that good old uh, voiceover. You ready, fellas? Here we go. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Here it is, fellas. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I like this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Last verse, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Amen. So here we are. We got Paul. He is talking to the church in Ephesus. And he, we're talking about a spiritual warfare, right? So... How real is a spiritual warfare, guys? Like, what? Why is it as men that we should armor up in our lives daily? I think the key is for us men. I think we just need to look around and and see what type of uh, what type of male leadership this society is producing. Um, our generation is lacking that male leadership authority spiritually, um, and you know, men aren't fighting for their spiritual territory. Uh, depression rates are at an all-time high with men, suicide with men. Uh, us men, we are struggling in a lot of areas. And uh, I think it's it's time that we awaken ourselves spiritually. 
not just look at our lives from how are we succeeding in our jobs and in our businesses, but how are we succeeding spiritually because the enemy is attacking us on all fronts, and I think we need to awaken and realize how the enemy's fighting us today. You know what, when you were talking about suicide, you know, within men, I had a, I did a little research and I saw it from the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. It says that men die by suicide 3.53 times more often than women. Wow. 3.53 times more often than women. And that rate of suicide is highest in the in in the middle age, white men in particular according to the to the uh the website. Aaron, why do you what do you think plays on that? Uh you mean men more than women or or middle age or both? Go with both. Uh, I think. I think with men in particular, men are are more likely to try to solve all their problems, or at least feel like they have to solve all their problems on their own, um, because that's what men do. We're fixers, and and if if we're if we're we're not only that by nature, we're we're made to feel like we're supposed to be that all the time, and uh, and so uh, you know when you try to solve all your problems on your own, eventually you're not going to be able to do that. And and depending on what the problem is and the hopelessness that you feel, then, then suicide has become uh, a solution for some. Yeah, I think that's a great point, man. And one of the things I was thinking about was how we as men, we internalize everything. Like not only do we try to fix everything, but we internalize. And um, I was thinking this week, that uh, it is very healthy for pastors and for preachers and for men that are in leadership to go to counseling themselves. And there's no shame in that because a lot of times, even if you're in a leadership role, you feel like, like you said, Aaron, that we have to fix everything and we internalize our own struggle. And because we internalize it, uh, we kill ourselves. And uh, I think, you know, every man that's listening to this podcast right now, the very first thing that you need to understand is that there's a warfare going on for your, for your life, for your family, for your children, and don't feel like you have to fix it yourself. It is okay to cry out to God and to cry out to others to get the help that you need. Yeah, you know what? And I think that's one of the, the problems with us men is that we feel like, you know, what do you mean go to a counselor? What do you mean talk to somebody about my feelings? It's a sign of weakness, right? Yeah. A lot of a lot of men that's not how we were raised. That's not how our fathers were raised and our grandfathers and that that ideology has been passed down through the generations. But really, man, like there's no shame in that. There's no shame in saying I need help and finding somebody who is qualified to talk to, right? Um Right. about your problems, about those situations, because sometimes you just need that other voice to bounce that off of, right? right? We can talk ourselves into a corner. We can talk ourselves into stress and anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, everything else, but we just need that voice to say, well, have you thought about this and help us help us navigate our mind and our thoughts, right? What do you think, Aaron? And I, and I think another thing, uh, going back to the difference between men and women, is is men are not social about things like that. It's funny because uh, my wife will have a problem. The first thing she'll want to do is call up her her best girlfriend and say, hey, here's what I'm going through. And then she'll tell me after what she talked to her friend about. And I'm like shocked. I was like, I would never talk about that. Um, Just because as men, we're not comfortable sharing. We're not comfortable with that opening up even to other men or sometimes even to your spouse. Um, 
And I think that's just, again, uh, it's the nature of a man to hold the stuff in, and it's the nature of a woman to let that stuff go, which is probably why we're committing suicide more often than women. Right, because we're not, we're not letting it out. But what I love about Ephesians and what I love about the Apostle Paul is that he, he recognizes that we're in a fight. Right. Right? We, he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the problems I have necessarily is not really with my flesh. It's not with, you know, flesh and blood. It's not with my coworker. It's not with my spouse. It's not with, you know, people I go to church with. It's, it's we're talking about things that we can't even see with our naked eye. Right. And he says, you're going to be in, there's a war out there. You need to equip yourself. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you about some armor that you're going to need, important pieces of equipment that's going to help protect you. It's going to help you be victorious. It's going to help you be successful through the spiritual fight. So, Jonathan, let's walk through some of these, you know, just kind of give like an overview. Um, you know, what makes up the whole armor of God? You know, there's several things. First of all, there's the belt of truth, and we'll get into that next week. Uh, number two is really personally one of my favorites is the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, there's a lot to that, and I'm very excited about that episode that we're going to be doing. Uh, you have the feet of preparation. You have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And then uh, we put in here at the end, and we wanted to kind of just talk about this just for a second because the Bible says there at the end of verse 18 about prayer and supplication. Um, so the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet of preparation, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, and then prayer and supplication. Is this part of the armor, though, that last one, prayer and supplication? What do you guys think? Aaron? The difference for me is 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 the first six things are things that we have from God. We, we put on these things that, that God gives us, um, their armor that he has given us to protect us. Prayer and supplication, though, are something that come from us, and it's something that we we do to strengthen ourselves, but it's something that I feel it, the reason it's a distinction for me is because uh, a lot of times we try to fix our own problems, but the armor of God is, is not something that we do. It's something that we put on, and we, we have to acknowledge that it's it's something that we need, but it does not come from us. Um, but prayer and supplication is is where we take all of these things that we have with God that He's given us, but and then we connect to Him through prayer and supplication. I like what you said there. It says how we we connect with Him through prayer and supplication. So Paul, he's telling us the he he's likening these you know this this armor in the spiritual realm, and he is saying you know put in all things you know doing the, the prayer and supplication. So he's giving us these. He's giving us these examples of armor, and then he's saying, with prayer and supplication, I think that that helps us give give the wisdom and, and give us knowledge on how to use the armor, right? And when you talk about the word supplication, it's saying, you know, a seeking, asking, uh, you know, a wanting, right? Right, right. right? I'm praying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on this armor. Lord, I'm praying that you cover me. Lord, I'm praying that you uh, protect me. I'm praying that I don't forget any any of my armor today, right? Because right. he says, you know, to put on the whole armor of God. Yeah, and I think one of the only reasons why we don't think it's part of the armor of God is because the Scriptures doesn't attach anything natural to it. So it doesn't say that that's, you know, 
you know, the other ones was a belt, a breastplate, you know, your feet. Your sword, which right. you the word of God. But then it just says a prayer and supplication. And I feel like Paul is just putting a bow on top of the armor of God by saying, okay, we're going to wrap everything up into prayer and supplication uh, because I, if you've been a Christian, if you've walked with God, or if you're new to this, then you need to understand still the importance of prayer. I don't care how elegant we get with our words or how we try to woo people with what we have to say. At the end of this, men, it's our responsibility to pray and to seek the face of God. And when we do that, it wraps everything up onto the armor of God. And uh, I think Paul you know, placed that there uh, intentionally. You know, when he says in uh, Ephesians 6, 11, he says, put on the whole armor. Right. Right. He he could have just said, put on, just put on, put on the armor, Jonathan, put on the armor, Aaron. But he uses the word whole. Why do you, why do you think that? What, what makes that stand out? Because I don't think there's, there's a, a piece that we can go without. You know, it's the completeness. Yeah. It's the maturity of the Christian and, uh, and and you know we can get into this a little bit later, but when Paul was he was writing Ephesians, he's writing it to a church, and the whole book itself goes into the maturity of a believer. It's a growing, um, it's it's a walking with God to where you are maturing, and it's not like you can go without one piece. Uh, you have to have everything, and I think for every believer, let let's try to apply this to us men. Men, when we walk out of the house, we can't just go, okay, well, I've got the helmet of salvation. I know that I'm saved, uh, but we're not speaking truth, and we're, we're not doing the right things, and that's not right. You've got to have every aspect of this. Absolutely. I was. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I think to, to, to tag on to what he said, as far as, as the armor, the whole armor is if you if you – take away one part of it armor armor is designed to work as a system to protect your whole body okay. and if you if you take away a portion of it you've not only weakened the system but you've opened up yourself to attack and weakness at at that area and so to take only a portion of armor it may work in the movies but in real life no soldier is going to go out without all of their armor on just right. because you don't want to open yourself up for injury in that area, and and the whole armor is necessary because it's designed to work as a system to protect you from attack in all all directions that you are are walking into. And I hope you know our prayer is this: is that as you listen to the podcast, this specific podcast, of course, we'll be on the armor of God for a while. But maybe you know us as men, we will start recognizing what are the weak areas of our life. Uh, you know, maybe I am doing well in this one area but I need to strengthen my walk with God in this one area. When we start talking about the belt of truth, integrity with men, maybe that's your weakness. And, you know, our prayer is that God illuminates your mind to where you can start seeing your walk with God in areas that you can strengthen. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you, you walk out of your house and you, you, you have on, uh, let's say you're carrying your, your, your belt of truth, but you don't have your helmet of salvation on. You know, you're, you're opening up your mind you know, for an attack. Right. And that's where, that's where the enemy really wants to get into. He wants to get into your mind. If he can control your thoughts, he's going to control, you know, control your heart as well. I think a good thing too, in, in discussing this and talking about the armor is that we, we are going to talk about it in a practical way to right. where you're not just trying to visual, you know, the, the Roman armor and say, what is that? I mean, we, we need to understand as men, what is the armor of God 
today? What does that mean for my life? What specifically am I arming myself with? You know, understanding Paul's metaphor in, in talking about armor, that it goes more, it goes deeper than just, you know, thinking back to your Sunday school class when you saw the picture of the soldier. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, you you want to know, like, what the functionality of it is. Right. Right. And I think it's, you know, when Paul, when he is describing these things, like, you know, a sword, a helmet, a shield, okay, that's great, but what do they do? Right. Yeah, what does right. that look like in real life? Like, exactly. How, how do I how do I put that into into action today? Like, what what does that mean? Right, exactly. And it all goes back to this: we as men we're broken, and we need a savior that can help us. And uh, that's that's where we are right now in this podcast. To where, first of all, admitting within ourselves that we are broken men, and that we need a God to come in to help save us and to awaken our lives, awaken us spiritually to where we need to be. Uh, going back to the statistic of of suicides with men and the struggle that's within men, uh, within us. Uh, God wants to do a special revival in these last days to where men are revived again. Uh, you know, fathers who care about training their children, fathers who are interested in uh, training their kids spiritually, husbands who are in tune with their wives. Uh, God is desiring that in these last days. And um, it, you have probably heard this before, uh, but let me just echo uh, in our current modern day society, uh, they are making the the man on TV look like a fool. Uh, the abs- look weak. Yeah, the absence of a father. Uh, that we don't need a dad. We don't need a father. We don't have to have that presence. And that's such a lie. Uh, that that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Uh, we have got to have more of a man presence within our homes, within our churches, and within our societies. Uh, because when we like that, the enemy comes in and he will just attack us like no other. So, and we talked about in the in the episode before. I, I don't have any. I don't have any kids. You know, you guys have what three apiece. Three apiece. Yep. So, asking you as fathers and any father who is listening right now, I want you to I want you to really open up your ears because I really think these two, I think Jonathan and Aaron are going to drop some some really strong nuggets and some some knowledge on us here. As a father, how important is it for you as a father of three kids, right, to make sure that you have your armor on, to make sure that your arm, that you armor up every day? Well, that's a great question because uh, right now within our society, as we've already talked about, is that there's an absence of fathers uh, within our homes. Uh, Paul said this. He said, we have many instructors, but we don't have many fathers. We have many instructors, but we don't have many fathers. And real fathers have several responsibilities. Number one, it's to train their children. Uh, number two, it's to fight for their families. And number three, it's to defend against spiritual attacks. Uh, we have been uh, set aside by God to be the spiritual head of our homes, spiritually and in every area. And uh, it's our responsibility to be those fathers that train our children. And, uh, you know, there are some laziness within men. You know, uh, we... <laughs> Uh, sometimes we strive to be more uh, successful in our business adventures, or if you're a minister or pastor, you want to be successful there at your church. Uh, but when we come home, we want to check out, and we don't want to check in uh, to our families. And and that is a uh, a huge trap that the enemy places for us dads. Yeah, and I think uh, we were talking about this earlier, that there was a generation of fathers that were very detached for from from raising children and, and the uh, the mother did it she she took care of the diapers and 
and all that. But even even the the just the comforting or the answering questions and stuff, and the and the father was kind of separate from that until the the children were much older, and then if they were lucky, they had you know a more one on one man to man kind kind of relationship. But I feel like fathers now are way more in tune to what's going on. It's 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 socially acceptable for fathers to be involved in raising their kids. But even then, you know, if you, my wife stays home with the kids, and so when I come home from work, she's ready for a break. I'm ready for a break too because I've been at work all day, and so you know, there's there's that <laughs> there's that position that you're in. Of like, do I choose to be selfish in this moment and take time that I feel like I deserve, or do I take the time and and just muscle through it? And am I there for my kids? Because really, if you work, the evening is about the only time you have with your children. And so, you know, it is, It is. you have to, as a father, you have to push through um, the me time, the, the struggle for the, for the me time. And, and it's, it's really, you have to uh, be selfless. And in, in, in the payoff, though, for that is quality relationships with your wife and your kids. And if those can become your, your motivation and, and your what you're really looking for, then uh, it helps push you through those times. Yeah, there's a, a real-life situation going on right now that I'm aware of uh, with a, a teenage girl who is just having a, a very difficult time uh, going through a lot of rebellion, um, running away, uh, getting drunk. She's very young. She's doing very promiscuous things. And a lot of it is stemming from the lack of, 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 of presence from her dad within her life. And, uh, and, and it just, that's the very root of it. And you see this a lot within teenage girls and also within boys to where if their dad is not around, that, then that destroys a piece of their life. Man, I want to tell you something right now. Your voice in your home matters. Your voice in your children's life matters. If there's anyone's voice that they need to hear, it's the voice of their father in their life. Uh, or maybe I'm talking to a stepdad right now who maybe is in a blended family. Whatever home life you're in, it's so important that you speak up and that, that you have a voice within your home uh, because that's that's what God is desiring today. That's a good point. It's one of these things where um, it's sad to see a man not not living up to the role that God called him to be. Yeah, and it's not just about instructing, uh, but we have to hit that quality time. Uh, and, you know, the, like what you was talking about, Aaron, to where when men, when we get home, um, you know, it's it's so important that we spend that quality time with our kids. Uh, we don't just live with them in the same house, but we're there and we're loving them and we're showing them the love of Christ. That's so important. Because, if I mean, if you're only ever getting on to them or, or telling them what to do or what they did wrong or all that without taking the time to just talk to them and let talk about what they want to talk about. It might be something that you don't understand. Probably will be. I still don't understand Minecraft. Um, As an engineer, you don't understand Minecraft. I don't know what it is. I'm ashamed to say my son will sit there and watch people play a game on YouTube. If if we let him, he would watch it for hours. And, uh, but you know, I've learned that there's, there's times when I just need to sit there, even if I'm kind of faking it, and, and show interest in what he's interested in, and and that means the world to him. And and, it, and that's the kind of things that to him, 
draws him to me to where when I do have to get onto him, it's not all I've ever done is get onto him. You know, that, that I've, I've taken the time to love on him and, and show interest in the things that he's interested in. And then occasionally I do have to get onto him, but that's not all he's ever heard come out of my mouth. Right. So let's take a, let's take a, a spin here, talking about here in Ephesians, you know, Apostle Paul. I think I don't know if a lot of people realize. I mean, it's not a big secret unless you know you're not studying. But you know, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus in prison, right? Right. Do you think there's something like? Do you think that impacted why he waited to the last chapter, the last verses of this letter, to start talking about the whole armor of God? Well, one of the things, you know, that when you study the book of Ephesians, what you find is it's a prison epistle, which means this, is that Paul was in prison when he was writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. And so, uh, you know, my my mind just kind of wanders to to think maybe if Paul was, was sitting there in a jail cell and as he was writing this letter to this church, if he didn't see several of the guards pass by uh, and maybe as he was writing he dove into this subject looking at these guards, looking at these soldiers uh, going, okay, I see what they have on. And God provoked him spiritually to write uh, how it represents in the spiritual. Uh, so it makes you kind of wonder if, if you know, when he was sitting in that jail cell looking at those guards, uh, if that's what made him write this. But Ephesians was written to a church about basic spiritual principles. It was basic spiritual insights. And it deals 100% with the growth toward maturity in a believer's life. Uh, the armor of God is more than just a cute sermon topic. I mean, this is a topic that deals with survival and with growth. And I think that's what we as men, we need to hear that message today, is that we cannot become stale or stagnant, but we've got to be uh, up and about our Father's business. We must be growing and maturing in God, because if we're not, then we're dying. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we as men, we have to we have to realize that. You know, there's a inter something interesting. As we look at the different pieces of armor, right, there is nothing... Nothing given that protects your back. Right. Talk about that. Thank you. Somebody have something they want to. Well, when when if you don't have anything covering your back, that means you uh, are not going to go into it backwards. I guess so. You, I believe what I've heard is that the reason it never talked about the back is we're not ever supposed to back up. We're not supposed to run away. We're not supposed to turn our back from danger or. Uh, or challenges or difficulties that we face. Um, and I think this ties into the whole purpose of armor. I mean, if, if, if Paul had wanted to, if God had wanted it to be something we had to do on our own, then it would have, it would have had an exercise program. It would have said, strengthen your own muscles this way, yeah. you know, do this many crunches and you will be able to withstand the fiery darts of P90X for Christians. Yeah. But <laughs> But that's the whole point is we can't do these things. We can't protect ourselves, no matter how hard we want to try. And uh, we can't run away from things, but we have to instead put on the arm of God. We have to accept the fact that we have to have something from God to be able to withstand the attacks as we move forward 
and go through these things. Yeah, and I, it's very important to know that the armor of God it deals with the defensive and the offensive. Um, you know, us men, you know, we we can parallel everything that we know with sports. And so with sports, you know, you can't just have a defensive team. You have to have some type of offense. And you just can't have an offensive team. You have to have some type of defense. Um, and I think we as men, we have to we have to recognize that, that we are going to be attacked as men. You cannot wake up tomorrow going, okay, the enemy's not after me. No, the enemy is after all of us to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We're going to be attacked. But just as important as it is to be on the defensive then we also have to be on the offensive. Uh, we can't just, you know, go about our daily life and just uh, kind of go with the punches, roll with the punches. We have to do the opposite. We've got to be on the offensive. And, uh, of course, you know, the whole armor of God, it talks about that, the sword of the Spirit, you know, the Word of God. That's our offense. Yeah, when you look at the the list of the, the armor that Paul talks about, the only offensive weapon or piece is the sword of the spirit, right? To me, I mean, that's for somebody gets close to you, you know, you use the word of God. When the enemy comes, you know, trying to attack you with, with whatever it is, you know, they get close enough, you can use that, use the sword, use your, use the word of God. Yeah. And, and the word of God deals with your relationship with Christ. I mean, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road, is that when you have the Word of God in you, then you are developing a relationship with Him. Uh, I had a conversation with my daughter a couple weeks ago, and uh, we was having prayer there at the home, and we was reading some Bible verses, and we was talking about our relationship with God. And so I was trying to get her to understand how Christ wants to have a relationship with her. Now, granted, she's eight years old, and so I had to get it down on her level. And so she's got she's got a really good friend at her school. She's got a best friend. Her name is Lily, and uh, that is just her best friend. She loves that little girl. And uh, But then she also has some other friends. And I, I said, Maddie, I said, uh, and I knew Adelaide was one of her friends at school. I said, Maddie, I said, uh, is, is Adelaide you know, one of your friends at school? She said, yeah. I said, uh, is she a better friend than Lily? Oh, no, Dad. Uh-uh-uh. I said, who's your, your best friend in the whole world? And, I know, of course, I knew she was going to say Lily. She's like, Lily, Dad. And I said, well, what makes her your best friend? And she says, because we talk and we play and we have a lot of fun. And my point was this, is that God doesn't just want to be a friend to you like Adelaide. God wants to be a friend to you like Lily. God wants to be your very best friend. And for us men, we have to develop a relationship with God, and we do that through prayer and through His Word. And the Word of God becomes our offensive weapon that when His Word gets hit into our heart, then we know what Christ is going to say. We know what God is going to have to say about certain things within our life, and we have to be on the offensive. Uh, you know, the other thing that I think of is being on the offensive is we're not running from danger, but we're running to the danger. Right. We don't just uh, we don't just go about life going. Uh, well, I see the enemy working over here, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I see how the enemy is destroying our, my marriage, but I'm not going to do anything about it. We as men, we have to stop running from things and we have to face them and man up. If if men, if you're having a problem right now and the enemy is attacking your marriage, don't go home and ignore your wife. Talk to your wife. Go to counseling. Get some help. 
you know, you, you have to tear down those walls of insecurity, tear down those walls that says you can't do it. I promise you, you can. Um, you know, if your children are acting out, then stop ignoring the warning signs. Talk to your children and be consistent in fixing the problem. Men, where's the problems within your life? Use the word of God. Be on the offensive and not just the defensive. You know, I, one of uh, when I look at the, the different armors here, and it talks about, you know, your feet of preparation, right? And I was looking, and I was like, wow, what, what were the Roman soldiers wearing at that time? You know, what, what would Paul have seen that he would use this as a description, right? So your feet of preparation. So you got these, these sandals that, are, that were created for easy movement, right? But they're also for traction because on the bottom of these sandals, there uh, were what's called hobnobs. Where, you know, you could think of like cleats or something like that, right. something that in that rough terrain that, you know, the enemy is going to get close to you. Right. There's no doubt about it. The enemy is going to try to wrestle with you. He's going to try to get as close as he can to you. You were you have the feet of preparation to stand your ground. Right. Right. You don't have to run. Right. You face you face that enemy. You face that whatever that challenge it is. You face whatever problem, whatever situation it is. You stand your ground. God has prepared your feet to stand firm. He's giving you these these hobnob sandals that you can tie on your feet, and when the enemy wants to wrestle with you, you are planted firm. Absolutely. And as long and you have the other, you got your helmet on, you got your sword that you can fight back with, you got your shield, this, that, and the other. You have everything you need Amen. to be successful and fight the enemy. And, and I, I completely agree with standing your ground, but I think it's funny you said fight back. And, and and I think that's, again, it goes into our nature of I've got to go do this. I've got to attack. When when really the armor of God, the, the portion of it that is offensive is the word of God. And, and you know, when we think about fighting battles, if you if you think of all the Old Testament, there were times when when God instructed them to go and conquer and, and they did. And then there was other times when he said, stand here and watch me. And then a lot of times there was, I can't remember which battle it was, but they stood on a hill and the people became so terrified from, from God being there and confu- causing them confusion. That was Gideon. That they, they, they just, you know, and so sometimes it's, it's, we feel that we've got to go and do all these things. And sometimes God just wants you to stand firm and trust him and, and rely on him to solve the problem. And that's a good point that you say that, Aaron, because when you go back into 613, you know, he says, and having done all to stand. Right. Right? He's not saying you necessarily have to swing your sword or whatever. Just stand. And right. he's And he's prepared your feet to stand. He's given you the strength to stand. He's right. given everything that you need to yeah, stand. I, I think as men, sometimes it's hard to have that faith to just stand back and and we feel like, well, surely, I mean, I've got to, there's got to be something i got to do, you know, but really... I think God let you know when you need to do something, but if you trust him and have the faith to believe that trusting him is enough, right. standing is enough. The only place the armor doesn't cover is the backside. And I think you already mentioned this, but God right. never intended for men to walk away. When we walk away from our families, we aren't protected. When we walk away from our callings and giftings, we aren't protected. Talk about when, that. When we walk away from our church, we aren't protected. And that's so important that what you guys just said about when we, you know, having done all to stand, it doesn't say walk away. 
And when you've done everything you can, walk away. Right. I mean, how many counselors have told that to people? Uh, you know what? You've done everything you can. Just walk away from just it. Throw in the towel. That is so anti-Bible and anti-God because the Bible says when you've done everything, just keep standing there. Right. Just You don't have to do anything, but just keep standing there. When you walk away, you are giving the devil an opportunity to destroy whatever you're up against. You've just given him, uh, you know, you've let him into your territory, right? Right. You, if you, if you come and challenge me over my, over my house and I just turn and walk away, I have given you, I've just, I've just surrendered. Yeah. I've surrendered yeah. my camp. Right. Right. Yeah. Where's the fight at? You know, where's the fight at within the man that says, you know what, I'm going to fight for my family, I'm going to fight for my calling, I'm going to fight for these things because that's what God wants us to do. And when we've done everything, you keep, you still keep standing. You know what the problem is? Is We don't, as men, you know, we, we talk about, you know, go back and reflect and maybe look at what, what armor are you lacking, what armor do you forget to put on, what, what is it that your, your, your challenge is? We forget to protect our mind. Yeah. Right? We forget to protect our mind because if we don't protect our mind, that's when the enemy comes in and he makes he wants you to question where you're at in life. Absolutely. He wants you to question, is this the person I'm supposed to be married to the rest of my life? Right. Is this where I'm supposed to be for the rest of my life? Is this the career? Is this the church I'm supposed to be at? Is this my is this really my calling? Is this right. And and that's a whole other that man that could be a whole segment which that'll I hope, be the, I hope we get to. Th- this is just guys listening to this. These are the things like are going to come up. This is just real. This is real talk, right? You know, just where the rubber meets the road, just just real meat and potatoes, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because the, the battlefield is in the mind for us men, and of course, there's a book written on that, and she did a fabulous job, right. doing that. And you know, uh, but the battlefield is in our minds, absolutely. I don't know about you, but that, that's it's the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. That's what Paul talks about to be, you know, the wiles of the devil. Um, man, this is this has been really good. Yeah, I love sitting down with some of my very best friends and talking about talking about Christ, talking about the Word. I want to grow every day, and man, it is. It, I promise you guys, this is this is a dream that is going to be coming true. This I've Jonathan, I've told you this over and over, and I say it and I believe it. Aaron, I'll tell you too. This is not just a men's ministry. I am saying that this is going to be a movement. Amen. I believe that. Amen. I believe that. I was reading it. I have a devotional that I read at home. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, pretty cool. Who's the author? It was a female author writing a devotional for men. Hey, that's great. I'm glad somebody's doing that. Yeah. But for me, that spoke to me, and I was just like, you know, I I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I could have the right perspective to write a women's devotional. Right. Women would agree with that. <laughs> they probably would. <laughs> so it's like the Lord quickened me, say, you know what? Be a mouthpiece. Right. Be the mouthpiece. You know, here's a vision. Right. Here's a dream. Go after it. Go chase the lion. Right. You know, as we say, we've been re- we've read that book by Mark Batterson. Right. So. This is this is going to be great, and we're going to close this one down. I did, did anybody have any final thoughts? Aaron, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, just really quick, because I think the, the 
the thing about God is His thoughts are not our thoughts. His way of doing things is not ours. We think strength, you got to be strong. When really, I think what God is asking of us is to acknowledge our weakness and rely on Him for strength. And I feel like that's what the armor of God is all about, is understanding in what ways we need His strength and protection in our life. And it's not something we can do on our own. Our, our job is to put it on. It's not to, to be it. Right. And uh, I think that's just to set up where we go from here. It's all about understanding what you're not and what you need in God. Amen. Amen. And Jonathan? You know, if, if I could say anything to finish this up, is the thought in my head is, is men, we have to stop self-destructing. Uh, we're our own worst enemies. We're our own worst critics. And uh, we kill ourselves sometimes. And uh, I think the enemy realizes that, and he tries to turn everything that we're going through inward, and we self-destruct. We don't talk about it. We don't pray about it. And uh, that's that's not the intent of God. Uh, the biggest battle that's going on right now with some men is the battle inside of your head and where you are. And we're praying that God releases that to where you release it to him and allow God to work for you and to fight for you. Amen. You're listening to this, and maybe you're thinking, Man, I'm a failure. I've made mistakes. I'm going to tell you something. There's so much mercy and so much grace and so much forgiveness out there for each and every one of us. We've just got to we've got to ask for it and we have to accept it. I don't know who I'm talking to who's listening to this right now. You this may be released, you know, on a certain date and this is 6 months down the road, but you know, you're not a failure. God loves you. God still wants to use you. God has a plan and purpose for every single one of us. It's up to us to turn our lives toward him. Gentlemen, I, I thank you for joining us with this intro episode to the, to the armor of God. I want you to join us on our next episode. We're going to be diving in to the first armor, which is the belt of truth. So stay tuned for that next episode. So men, remember, it's time to armor up because it's not a playground. It's a battleground. We'll see you on the next episode. I can hear you moving that mic around. Yeah.